This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company. For more information and links to all our great podcasts, visit HartmanMedia.com. Welcome to the Solomon Success Show, where we explore the timeless wisdom of King Solomon and the Bible as it relates to business and investing. False prophets and get-rich-quick schemes are everywhere. Let's not be distracted by these. Instead, let's go to the source, the eternal principles that create a life of peace, power, and prosperity. Here's our host, Jason Hartman. It's my pleasure to welcome DeAndre Salter to the show. He is CEO and founder of Professional Risk Solutions, senior pastor of the Tabernacle Church, author of Seven Wealth Building Secrets, Your Guide to Money and Meaning. DeAndre, welcome. Jason, thank you for having me on the show. It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit more about the book, if you would. You know, Jason, I I wrote the book to accomplish really two simple goals. Number one, I wrote Seven Wealth Building Secrets to help people tap into the greater reason for having money, to not just pursue wealth without purpose, because pursuing wealth without purpose often leads us to a dead end. And I often say to people, clarity trumps cash. You know, you need to have a clear purpose, whether it's investing or a startup or founding a business or any other life goal. Be really clear as to why you're doing what you do. And then the second thing I wrote the book for is for, frankly, for everyday people who wanted to figure out what some of the first steps are. And I want to put something practical in their hands because I relate to them in terms of where they were so that they can move from maybe dreaming or thinking about investing or starting a business and actually doing it. Fantastic. And uh, I think uh, clarity trumping cash is a very good saying. It's been said that with a why, almost anything is possible with a strong enough why. So what are some good whys and some bad whys in terms of that clarity issue? That's a great question, and I think it jumps right into the heart of the content. Number one, I think the good whys I would really summarize as the things that help us to do what I call kingdom building from a very spiritual standpoint, a religious standpoint, uh, building the kingdom of God from a community standpoint, community building. I think that's another good why to do it. And also, most importantly as well, legacy building, our family. You know, my first chapter, Jason, is called Into the Cycle of Wealth. And in that chapter, I just disclosed that the way we were made and designed, that there are three phases of our lives. And the phase one is that we're supposed to be born into something. And I italicize and and put in parentheses, supposed to be, because I understand that for various reasons, we're all not born into something. But the second phase of our life is that once we're born into something, we're supposed to take what we've been given and use our entire life for gain, to move it to the next level, so that we enter the third phase, which is to leave something behind, and then the cycle of wealth continues so that the next generation is born into something. So community building, kingdom building, a legacy building, other missional causes, those are great reasons to build wealth. I think some of the bad reasons, on the other hand, are frankly the more narcissistic reasons that we might find today, which overindulgence, and this is not to knock anyone who wants to live a great life, but once you get all the things, you have to ask the question, and what, and so what? I think that's a very good point. You know, those narcissistic goals, they're fun for a short time, but I don't know, they don't have any weightiness to them. There's nothing powerful that'll really keep you going through big struggles uh, with them, uh, right? You know, Jason, how many times, I agree with you, how many times do we read stories of successful people like yourself and myself 
and they end up with some of the, the major issues of the day that are personal, such as drug abuse, alcoholism, strange sexual behaviors, public disorderliness. I mean, it just seems that those who have put the things of wealth in front of everything end up so so damaged. And, and I think that's because those narcissistic goals, they do feed us, uh, like you said, for a short time, but they're not feeding the inner us. And we're all made to be part of community. I mean, think about it. The first thing that a baby experiences, no matter what, is the touch of another human being. That's the first thing. And I think that's very powerful to think about life in that manner, that for a baby to be born, there has to be a touch from another human being the minute that they enter this world. So I think the greater purpose is for whatever we do, whether it's, like I said, how you're going to pick stocks or how you, what type of business you're going to do, think about how you will touch other human beings, marketing, advertising, altruism, whatever it is, you're going to have to touch somebody else. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Maybe the non-powerful wise, they're like junk food. Is that a good <laughs> metaphor? That's a great metaphor, right? Because think about it. Junk food is full of sugar, and sugar makes you feel, what, full of energy for a short while, but eventually makes you feel real bad if you eat too much of it too long. Tell us about how this all relates to uh, the Bible, King Solomon. Take us into that part of it a little bit. I often, uh, when I'm out speaking or, or I'm approached to some type of coaching, you know, of a founder, I'm often asked, well, what is your real secret to success? You know, if you had to narrow it down to one thing. And unashamedly, I say, you know what? It's biblical wisdom for many reasons. Number one, the Bible is uh, one of the oldest, is the oldest resource we have that is compiled in this manner. And so just from a pure wisdom standpoint, it is at the top, top of the pile of any books. Secondly, we put it in the category sacred because we believe this wisdom is from God. At least I believe that this wisdom is from God and is divine. And so, yes, when I think about King Solomon and I think about the Bible and I think about what God has provided us with, it's almost like the Lord has said to us, guess what? I'm not going to just create you, put you in this earth, but I'm going to leave you kind of a, an instruction manual so that you will understand how to prosper in every part of your life. And I think that's very important because even the Apostle John taps into this when he says, hey, I pray that your soul will prosper even in all things. So there's this idea that the Bible is a book of wisdom. And if there's ever a need to talk about wisdom, it's in the area of wealth and wealth building. There are over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible concerning money. So if money is that important to God, then it should also be that important to us. Yeah, that's really amazing. I mean, I think very few people look at the Bible as a resource for money, for investing, for business. But it really is. It's a treasure trove, isn't it? I think so. Uh, and you know, I think that comes from Jason. In my last chapter, chapter seven, I talk about believe you can be wealthy. And so it, it sounds quite mundane and as if, you know, we've heard that title before. But actually, everything in that chapter is really looking at wealth biblically from a different perspective. Because I think when we don't have a proper theology underlying how we view the Bible, I think it can really damage us in terms of our professional lives. And one of the most damaging things uh, or that have been taught about the Bible or from the Bible is the fact that somehow we get a glory badge of honor if we're poor and if we do things out of a That's sense such of poverty. a misconception, isn't it? It is a dangerous fallacy. And often, Jason, you've heard this before, that fallacy comes out of some type of false categorization of Jesus's teachings. You know, Jesus was poor. He was born in a manger. I often correct people and say he wasn't born in a manger because he couldn't afford a room. 
The Bible says there was no room in the inns. It was Passover, and it's like if you go on to Wikipedia, I mean uh, Expedia, to look for a hotel room, and the hotel you want to stay in is full, doesn't mean you can't afford to stay there. There is just no room in that particular inn. <laughs> yeah, good point. Very good point. You know, what else do you say about the saying that money is the root of all evil? Uh, of course, they forget uh, the love of uh, when they say that. But about these misconceptions and, and why, why does God want people to be wealthy? You know, it's very simple. You know, he wants people to be wealthy because I love God because he, one of the best characteristics of our father that I love is that he is omniscient. He knows all things. And clearly he understands that by putting us in this world, he created this world for us to prosper from it. He makes Adam and Eve and his first commission to them is to be fruitful and to multiply. Now that's not necessarily referring to having children. That's referring to mastery. To be fruitful means to bring mastery to something. So if you have one apple, what the Lord expects is that you're able to use the seeds from that apple and plant it, uh, learn mastery, bring fruit forth from that apple or those seeds. Multiplication means then to be able to expand on what you've done after you've mastered it. So from the very beginning, we see this idea that money is important, that work is important, industriousness is important, and that there's this expectation of fruitfulness and multiplication. And so when people say the love of money is the root of all evil, what they're really saying is, it's true, if you, as you said, if they love money. But if your kingdom heart is first, and you're about wealth building for kingdom building, as I promote in the book, that's a great love to have, because God knows that the kingdom needs financing. It's not cheap to have a radio broadcast or to have a church and have people walk through the doors. Uh, printers don't offer free printing for churches. So if we're going to get the kingdom message out, and we're going to build strong families, we're going to need money to do that. We sure are. Money, everything needs to be financed before it uh, it can be created. You can't give what you don't have. You can't share. You can't empower people without some degree of financial resources. So it's just these mistaken money notions are just, they're so so immature. I, I, I sort of wonder why they really exist, actually. I, I mean, maybe there a lot of people just use them as an excuse. You know, we've all heard that oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, you know, neither does poverty. I, I don't get it. Like, you know, <laughs> this is so illogical when people say this stuff. It really is. You just made a great point. I've actually never thought about it that way, but I'll start using that for sure. I'll give you credit. Yeah, you're right. What is the alternative? Uh, <laughs> poverty is the alternative? No. And you know what? Here's another thing, Jason, I think, where the problem lies. Church teaching for thousands of years um, was based upon what was uh, taught early in the church by the monks. And the monks took vows of poverty. And in the early church, many believed that uh, as the church expanded, was institutionalized, that one should give up their riches in order to serve the Lord. Now, they have to skip over the whole New Testament, and they have to skip over Paul, who was a tent maker, who tells the Thessalonian church, I love this, chapter 3, he says, don't feed any man who won't work. If he's able-bodied, let him work, just like I do when I'm among you. I know you're a poor church, so I don't take up an offering from you, but I work by day and I preach by night, because I understand that uh, this is what we need to do. And so when Paul is in Thessalonica, he helps the church to start little businesses so that they can feed the poor. So back to where we started. Well, if we think poverty is a better solution, why is the New Testament filled with people giving, collecting, 
creating businesses, sowing like Lydia did into Paul's ministry so that the poor could be fed. We can't do anything without having the financial means and resources that God has blessed us with in this earth to do it. Why is it important to share, and, and uh, how is giving actually receiving? You know, uh, giving is receiving just on a very basic level. Whenever we give, biblically, we reflect one of the best characteristics of our Father in Heaven. So when you think about God, I go to John 3.16, but not the part that everyone emphasizes. I stop here. For God so loved the world that he gave. Just stop there. I mean, everything about the heart of God is about giving. So if you want to reflect the heart of God and you want to be a, a great reflection of the kingdom and the earth, then you have to be a giver because God is a giver. And so he gave. And what did he give? What did he give to us? He gave his only begotten son. He gave us Jesus so that we would not die. So there in that one sentence, you see his love for us and you see his love demonstrated throughout his giving. And I know this can be misconstrued, and I understand the prosperity circles and some that may confuse uh, certain scriptures. But what you can't confuse is John 3.16. If we're to model the Father in heaven, then what he showed us is a pattern. If you love, you give to those things which you love to. You give into those things that you love, and you give for those things or those people that you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. What else do you want people to know? Maybe a question I haven't asked you. You know, uh, one of the things I really want to know is people to know that sometimes you have to increase by decrease. And I just think in this fast-paced consumer society, as we talked about narcissism earlier, I just think we can overindulge and overconsume. You know, we need to increase by decreasing, letting some things go. And one of the things I urge in the book is if you want to do something really practical, start to take yourself, your business, or your family on a financial fast. I mean, we fast for all kinds of reasons, and we let go of sugar, or we let go of, of food, and we just go on, you know, bread or water. How about letting go of direct TV, Comcast cable? How about letting go of discretionary spending that is a little out of control? Go on a long financial fast. I almost recommend that everybody go through a season of financial fasting once a year. Take the money that you have from financial fasting and invest that money in the marketplace or pay down high-interest debt. But fasting will not only do us good spiritually, but it can also do us good financially if we focus our fast. That's a very good point, the fasting element. That's true. Good. Give out your website and tell people where they can find the book and find out more about you and your ministry. Sure. Seven Wealth Building Secrets Your Guide to Money and Meaning uh, is available on Amazon.com or any of your other online book retailers. You can visit me on my website at DeAndreSalter.com. Sign up for our mailing list. There's some free content to download, some very exclusive content. They'll be coming online very soon, so you want to sign up for that. And, of course, I love to engage with anyone on the social media channels. I'm on Facebook. My Twitter handle is at DeAndre Salter. That's D-E-A-N-D-R-E-S-A-L-T-E-R. Closing thoughts. Just wrap this all up for us, if you would. I just really believe with everyone out there that you've been uniquely designed for a time like this. God has blessed you with incredible gifts incredible skills and incredible knowledge and you got to put them to, to work in the marketplace and so whether you put that seed capital into an investment fund or into stocks or into a new business it's time for you to step out on faith and throw all caution to the wind and begin to prosper in the world that god has made for you to prosper in excellent point deandre salter thank you so much for joining us today thank you jason for having me This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company, all rights reserved. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please visit www.hartmanmedia.com.
hartmanmedia.com or email media at hartmanmedia.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own, and the host is acting on behalf of Platinum Properties Investor Network, Inc. exclusively.